This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Today's been, you know, it's just been like, do you ever have those moments where it's just a little bit just rough and all you can do is just throw yourself into Jesus and just love him because he's all you got. You just have those days. I, that was a, I had a day like that today and just, you know, we feel weary and tired and you're just like, man, I just don't know how much more I can handle, but Jesus with you, all things are possible. I can do it. And I just want to be with you because you're all I have. You're the most consistent thing. You're, you're, you're always present, always faithful, closer than a brother, closer than a parent, just so available. So I just pray that he'll touch you tonight. Know that um, we're human. You know, I have good days and bad days, we all do. And when I have those moments where I just feel like no one understands, I go to Jesus, because I know he understands and he's just so faithful, so faithful. You know, in the scripture it says, if you wanna go into the light, it's just so simple. Jesus says, just follow me, just follow me, right? So like if you're going that way or that way or that way, you're going into the darkness and your life will stay in darkness. But if you wanna walk into the light, there's no formula, there's no rhythm, you just follow him. That's all he says, just follow me, follow me. So that's how I want us all to posture our hearts tonight, just follow him, stay gazed on him, no matter what's happening around you, no matter what storms may come your way, no matter the things that come against you, just stay locked on Jesus and follow him. That's all you have to do, just follow him. He is the light and there can be no darkness in light. Light repels darkness, it's impossible. So you just stay fixed on Jesus and everything will be okay. All the other stuff will just be a distant memory. It has nothing, it won't impact you at all. You just stay gazed on Jesus and follow Jesus, that's it. Just follow him. So I wanted to share with you, this is why I like this thing, because I'm gonna be using my Bible a lot and my notes, so hopefully the breathing won't bother you, but I think we got the breathing part sorted out, right? John, you're good for more than singing. You fixed my mic. Okay, let's go to John 10, verse 22. I read out of the NLT. Yeah, I was just reading this. I had another message to preach today. The Lord's so funny. He always like switches things up like last minute. So I had another message that I had from a couple weeks ago and I was just reading the Bible like I do every morning and just this started ministering to me today. So I think this is a word for us tonight. But John 10, we'll start at 22, and I'll just, I'll just read to you if you're not there yet. This is when God is, is talking about who he is. He's talking about, in verse 10, he talks about how he's the good shepherd and he cares for his sheep. And now he's saying he's the son of God to the religious. So in verse 22, it says, it was now winter and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade, the people surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I have a lot of scripture, so just stay with me. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Like I just said, I didn't, even, I didn't even know that was there. Follow me, follow me, follow me. That's all you gotta do, just follow him. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. 
No one can snatch them from my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Verse 31, once again, this is, this is the religious spirit here. Once again, the people picked up stones and tried to kill him. Jesus said, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which are you going to stone me? They replied, we are stoning you not for any good works, but for blasphemy. You, you are mere man claiming to be God. Jesus replied, it is written in your own, let's just, I'm going to actually jump to verse 37. Let's just go to verse 37. After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Verse 37, don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand the Father is in me and I am in my Father. They're one. You get that, right? And just the same way Jesus and the Father, Jesus says that he sees us that same way. When we're caught up in him, it's the same. He compares us and him with him and the Father, which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went, this is the part I really want you to focus on. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while. He went back to the beginning. He went back to where the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and God said who he was. Here he was telling people I am I basically saying I am the son of God. We're going we're gonna to back up in a little bit and go to the passage where he talks about being the good shepherd. That's one of the most beautiful passages about what a good shepherd he is, how he would lay down his life for his sheep. He's sharing his heart with people, but they're not listening. They don't want to hear. Instead, they want to kill him. They want to criticize him. They want to mock him. They want to make fun of him. They're not listening to anything he has to say. So what does he do? Does he try to tell them how great he is? Does he say... You have no idea what you're doing. No, he goes back to where it all began for him. He goes back to the place where John baptized him. So sometimes you're going to get to a place in life where the critics are just going to be coming. All the things, all the people that are, that are in your life, they're going to say, you can't do it. I don't believe it. You go back to where God called you. You go back and listen to the Father's voice, okay? I feel something on that because there's always going to be people that will tell you you can't do it. There's always going to be people that are going to tell you that you're not good enough. There's always going to be people that are going to speak doubt into your life and into what God has called you to. You stay connected to the Father. You listen to his voice. You don't let the distractions come. They will always be there. Trust me. They will always be there. But you stay focused on what God called you to do. That's what Jesus did. He said, okay, they're saying all those things. And of course, I'm sure, of course it hurt him. You know, of course it hurt him. Because I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to where the Holy Spirit fell on my life. I'm going to go back to where God proclaimed that I am his son. I'm going to go back. And some of us need to do that at times. Go back to where it all started. Go back. Hold on to the voice that told you who you are in the Lord. Don't listen to anything out. Don't listen to the outsiders. Stay focused and know who you are. Know your calling. And you hold on to that and you never let it go. You never let it go. That's what Jesus did. He went back. And the Bible says in verse 40, he stayed there a while. He didn't just go and leave. He stayed there. He stayed connected. He stayed connected to what the Father called him to be, the Son of God. When all that was going on, he went back. And many followed him. 
John didn't perform miraculous signs, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man has come true. And many who were there believed in him, believed in Jesus. He went back. They weren't going to believe where he was in Judea. They weren't going to listen to what he had to say. But he went back to where it all began and he stayed connected to the Father. He stayed connected to where it started. That's where his ministry began, was in that moment. He stayed there a while and many people came around him and believed. See, if you stay connected to the Father, the people that need to come around you and support you, they'll come. You don't have to go looking for them. They will come around you. They will lift up your hands when you're weak and weary. You just stay connected to the Father. You go back to where it all began. You don't listen to other voices. You listen to the voice of the Father. That is it. He is the one who has called you to who you are meant to be. He is the one that has chosen you. He is the one that has sought you out. He is the one that has run after you. You stay connected to him and everything else will be okay. They gathered around him and they believed. They believed in the spot where he went. I'm going somewhere and I'm going to bring this back a little bit. Don't get distracted. Please don't get distracted. It's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to listen to this person and this person. Or, oh, this person's doing this. I I shared this with our students this week. Even going in ministry, you'll see a lot of other things. You'll say, this works for this person, so I'm going to do that. No, know who you are and stay true to your calling. Stay true to who God has called you to be, no matter the cost, no matter what it is. We're clearly Holy Spirit people here, right? Yeah, we sang for what? Three hours a few weeks ago. We love the Holy Spirit here. And years ago, it was a time where it wasn't so popular and it wasn't so, so accepted like 10 years ago. And I remember people would come up to Michael and I and they'd say, you know what? You guys have a lot of potential. Big leaders, you guys have potential, but you need to be careful. Don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Don't pray for the sick too much because that's not accepted nowadays. And you have an amazing message and it's going to limit you. And we looked at each other and said, no, that's not who we are. We are Holy Spirit-filled people that will never come off this message. We, we don't have the right. We don't have the right to turn a, a mother that has stage four cancer away and say we're not going to pray for her because we're, we are so worried about what they might think about us. We signed that check a long time ago. I said, we, we know who we are. And Michael and I said, we love you, but no, thank you. This is our vein and this is who we are. And we're going to stay focused on that. And you know what? We never changed the dial. And I believe that's why God is trusting Jesus' image now with the things he's trusting us with and other ministries that stay true to their calling. You stay true to what God has called you to. Do not change the dial. You know who you are. Do not try to be like your brother on your left or your sister on your right or your friend over there. You stay true to what God has called you to be. Don't try to be like anybody else because it will never work that way. You be true to yourself. You be true to you and how God, how, how God has called you. That's what you be true to. The things that stir your heart, where you have authority, where you have connection to the Father, that's where you stay. That's where you stay. Stay true to who he's called you to be. Let's go back to John 10, and we're going to start at verse 7. This is when Jesus was talking about the good shepherd. I love this passage so much, so I wanted to to just focus on here for a second. Verse 7. So he explained it to them. This is, these, this is, he was telling the religious this. This is what upset them so much. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. 
All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate, and those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. That's the devil. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Another virgin says to give them life and life more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd will sacrifice his life for his sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming, and he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just go just a little bit more. And so the wolf attacks him and, he, and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me, I know the father. Just how the father knows me, I know the father. They are one just like we are one with Jesus. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. That's the loss that's going to come to Jesus. That's, that's what he's talking about there. And I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back up again. Only in death do you find life, okay? Only in death do you find life. No one can take my life from me and I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what my father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, listen to this, this is what they said about Jesus. He's demon possessed and out of his mind, right? So if people call you mean things, don't worry about it. You're in good company. It happened to Jesus too. Why listen to a man like that, others said. This doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind, right? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You open the eyes of the blind. So Jesus was criticized. He was ridiculed. People didn't believe in him. He was challenged. He was completely, he was treated like a criminal, really, like a criminal. He was mocked. He was called demon possessed. I mean, the, the, the son of God was called that by people. But he stayed focused. Let's go to verse 25. I'm just going to recap that. Jesus replied, I have already told you, because they're saying, just say who you are. Are you the Messiah? Just tell us plainly. He says, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. If Jesus is speaking to you, you listen, okay? If he's calling you, you listen, you obey. You know his voice, right? I tell this story a lot of when I was in a really busy restaurant and there was so many people between me and Michael. I was walking in the door and he was over there probably and there was a crowd of people and he was putting the name in and said, Jessica. And I knew his voice right away. I could hear his tone through the crowd and there was a lot of noise in this restaurant. But I knew his voice because he's my husband. How much more do we know, should know the voice of the father, right? So when he talks, you listen, you know his voice, you know. That's why when people say, how do you know if God's talking? Well, are you his sheep? Yes. Well, then you know his voice, right? Then you know, you know when God is talking to you. You know when God is telling you to go or what to do. But if you're too busy and you crowd it out, you won't hear him. But you know, you know when it's him. You know when it's him and when it's somebody else in distraction. You should know the difference. And if you're his sheep, you learn his voice that way, right? How many of you know, if you're married, you know when your wife isn't fine when she says fine, right? 
Or you know when your best friend, when she picks up the phone and says hello, and you could tell that something's not wrong in her hello, right? How much more should we know the Father, right? We know when he's speaking and what he's telling. And if it's not him, we should know that's not him speaking. My, sh- my sheep know my voice. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me. Thank you, Jesus. Then Jesus back, went back to the place where he was established. So after he went to the place that John baptized him, he performed one of the most amazing miracles in the Bible. He raised Lazarus from the dead, right? When you say that's a really amazing miracle? Yeah, it is. But look at this. This is what I wanted to point out to you guys. So let's go to verse 11. We're still in John. I'm going to start at verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling them, Lord, your dear friend is very weak. But Jesus heard about it, and he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So if you go down to verse 9, or you know what? Let's just keep reading, not verse 9. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. This is the, the part I wanted to point out to you. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Right? So Jesus, think of it this way, okay? We just went back to where he was talking about being the good shepherd and, and saying he was the son of God. He offended the religious. They wanted to kill him. They mocked him. What does he do? Does he go straight there to Lazarus? No. He goes to where he was baptized. He goes to where he stays connected to the voice of the father. What does he do after that? He goes and raises the dead. Okay? He goes and raises the dead. Right into the place where they were trying to kill him. He conquered death, right? But he had to stay connected to the Father, right? So when all those accusations come against you, when all the struggles in life come at you, when all those things overwhelm you, you stay connected to the Father and you will trample on the face of Satan, okay? You will trample on the enemy. You stay connected to the Father and you hold on to what he has called you to and who he has called you to be. Right? That's what Jesus did. He's a good example, right? If that's what he did, we should do it too. You could go back and read it. Go just John 10 and go to 11. He went back to the place where they tried to kill him just a few days prior. He went back there and had authority and conquered death and raised Lazarus from the dead, right? So that's the key. You stay connected to what God has called you to. You stay connected to the voice of the Father. You will not stay connected to the voice of the Father if you don't pray, okay? You won't stay connected to his voice if you don't worship. You won't stay connected to his voice if you don't give him time, right? So many people say, you and Michael pray so much and you talk about prayer all the time and oh my gosh, I tell you guys a story all the time. I couldn't pray for more than 20 minutes to save my life, okay? Michael would go on these walkaway trips with Eric Gilmore and Brian Guerin. They would come back like glowing, like angels. And I tried to do a 
a trip with my girlfriends and we went and got coffee and tried to pray and it lasted like 30 minutes, okay? We're like, we're gonna do a lock away like the boys do and we're gonna have so much fun and we're gonna just pray the whole time. I think we did one like session of prayer and it lasted like 30, 40 minutes and they were like, where's the nearest coffee shop? Like, where's, where's the best? Okay, so I didn't understand. Like Michael would, would come back from these trips and him and Eric and my dad and all these deep people would talk and I would just be like, I don't understand. I've never had that with the Lord. I've never been able to pray for more than 20 minutes. I have to like make myself lock away in the secret place. And then the more I did it though, the more it became part of who I was, right? Michael was having these amazing encounters with Jesus because he was giving him time. I wasn't willing to give him any time. I wasn't willing to give him any sacrifice. I wasn't willing to put him above my needs. I put everything else above him. I put the gym above him. I put friends above him. I, oh my gosh, like shopping, you name it. Like I put everything else in the place of Jesus. He was not Lord of my life. And so I always felt a little bit, jealousy is too strong of a word, but I felt upset that I wasn't having these amazing encounters and I wasn't having these things happen like Michael was. And then it was really simple. The Lord told me one day, you don't have it because you're not willing to give me time. You have to give me time. You have to make me a priority. So if you want to hear God's voice, you have to give him space to speak. You're not going to hear his voice. You're not going to stay connected. If you don't do that, then all the other stuff, like what Jesus is going through, all the, the stuff that weighs us down, bills and marriage. And when I say marriage, I mean like some of us that have struggles in our marriage. I have a good marriage, but you know what? We've had our moments where it, things weren't always so peachy. But you have just everything coming at you, relationships and, and gossip and all these things. And, and God is giving us an invitation to stay connected to the Father to stay connected to what he says about you, then all that stuff just fades away. It just completely fades away. You stay so connected to him that all that stuff doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You know how we sing about like in the storm, you are Lord, Lord of all. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Is he Lord of your life or not? Because he wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to completely take you over. He wants to be Lord over everything in your life. And guess what? He can fix everything, okay? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. He is Lord. If you let him be Lord and you worship and you stay focused on him, he will conquer the things that weigh you down every day. You know, Paul, when he was in the prison and locked up in chains, he worshiped, right? That's what he did. He worshiped, and his worship not only broke the chains in his life, but it broke the chains of everybody else around him that was in the prison, right? Because that's ministry unto the Lord. That's being so focused in him that you're like, I don't care what's going on around me. It's just you and me. That's all I see is you and me, Jesus. That's all I'm focused on is you and me. So I'm not looking over there. It's you and me. And then you go and you pray and an and hour seems like 10 minutes. It does. I, and I just told you how bad I was, okay? Like, it, 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 it seems so simple because you're starting to build this relationship, right? You know when you're with someone that you love so deeply in a deep friendship and you hang out with them for five hours and you're like, I feel like I've only been with you for 10 minutes because it's so easy. It's so effortless. It's so simple. It should be the same with the Father. 
And she's like, that should be like, that's what you need. I can't go a day without being with you. I'm telling you, I'm like that with Jesus now. I can't go a day without him. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to be without him. I don't want to. I, I just sit there and sometimes just will just sit in, in my room and just gaze on his beauty. And I'm like, I can't do this without you, God. I'm showing up for you tonight. I mean, you have to push yourself sometimes to just to keep going, you know, just to not get distracted, not to get off focus. And you just have to think of him. It's not for the stuff and it's not for any other reason. Like tonight, today was a hard day for me. I said, Lord, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, not for the people as much as I love them, not for the team as much as I love them. I, I'm coming for you, Jesus. I want, I want a one-on-one -on -one with you tonight, Lord. I'm coming for you, Jesus. That's what he's after. He's after that kind of intimacy and love. Like no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter what, it's just you and me. It's just you and me. I called my dad today and I said, Dad, there's just so much going on and I'm really tired. I'm just really tired. How, how did you do it for 40 years? How did you stay so committed and so focused? He said, honey, before I would get up there and preach, he goes, sometimes I'd, the worst things in the world were going on and I'd have to jump up and, and speak to a stadium. He goes, and I would just tell the Lord, it's you and me and I'm gonna shelf all that other stuff right now. I'm gonna put it in the shelf. I'm not even gonna think about it. I'm gonna pretend like it does not exist. I'm just gonna focus on Jesus. And he goes, and he comes every time. He comes every time. He never fails you. He's always available. He's just so amazing. He's just so amazing. Oh, he's just altogether lovely. He's just beautiful. And some of us forget. We're just so troubled with all the other stuff going on around us. We watch the news too much and freak out and whatever it is. Or we're so happy about someone rapping a Christian album, which that's whatever. But you're like, okay, that's great. Like, you listened to that for five hours. Did you pray today? Like, did you spend time with Jesus today? Like, I'm not saying that I'm not happy about it. I'm just saying, like, sometimes we get so off focus, even sometimes when it's things for Jesus. Do you know what I mean by that? Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm all happy about it. But I'm like, I'm focused. People will call me like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I'm like, you know what? I think it's great, but I really haven't thought that much about it. I'm staying focused to what God has called me to do. I'm staying focused on Jesus. And so I have to give him my time. I have to stay connected to the Father because if I don't, I'm going to fall apart. Everything, everything in me is going to fall apart because life is rough and the pressure is real. And, and, the, and even the pressure of just of God using you, there, there, it's pressure sometimes. You know, having three kids, that's pressure. I love you, but it's pressure. <laughs> Staying, 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 staying a good wife, being a good wife and a good mom and a good daughter and a good friend and a good sister, you know? Sometimes you can get so, so displaced with what, what it's really all about. And you have to stay focused just like Jesus did. He was like, I'm going back to where I heard my father's voice. I'm going back to that moment where the Holy Spirit fell on me. 
And some of us need to have a new encounter again, you know? Some of us hold on to things that happened 20, 30 years ago. I used to do that all the time. I used to go back and watch all the old services of my daddy and Catherine and Oral Roberts. And I'd say, oh, remember when, remember when, remember when. But what was happening, I wasn't connected to what God was doing now. I was so caught up in what wasn't happening anymore or what we didn't have anymore, that we weren't packing stadiums anymore. And I was, I was so so off focus for what God was doing now, for what God was trying to do through Michael's life and my life. And I was just living in the past. I was living in the past. And I, that's, I still watch that stuff now. I think it's beautiful. I'm always on YouTube watching old crusades and I cry. I did it today. I sat there and put on my daddy's old crusades and just worshiped with him. And I thought, oh, I remember that. That was such a special service. That was so special. But I'm staying focused on what God is doing now because he's moving again. He's moving. He's, he's never stopped moving, but how he's moving now, it's like there's a hunger again, I should say. There's a hunger again like never before. And he's wanting to fall on his people. He's wanting to touch his people. He's wanting to heal his people. He's wanting to, to the Holy Spirit wants to fall in fire. He does. He does, and he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's waiting on our yes. He's waiting on us to posture our hearts and say, Lord, just do whatever it is. I'm staying focused on you. I'm staying focused on you, even if the crowds go away, even if Jesus School and Jesus Night shut down, even if we never do another event, I'm still gonna stay focused on you, God, because it's about you, Jesus. It's not about the people. It's not about the things. It's not about the recognition. It's not about that, because if you're not careful, you'll start to produce for the people. You'll start to produce for, for the momentum. You'll try to keep keeping up with everything that God is doing. And that sometimes when that happens, you just have to lock away and be with Jesus. You just, just have to get alone and just be with him. And in the natural, say, but what about the people? What about this? What about this? No, he's just asking for you. He's asking for you to go just be with him. Just stay connected to him and don't worry about anything else. Remember what he's called you to. Some of you guys, I feel like even maybe watching on live stream or maybe in here, you've, you've forgot. You forgot what he's called you to. Maybe you even had dreams as little kids or you had big ambitions to be in ministry or I don't know, but just it got too tough and you just gave up. And I'd say go back to where it all began. Go back to where God called you. Go back to where you heard the Father's voice, you know? You know how some places you can go back into an old building that you got touched in and you remember the spot on the floor where you had your encounter and like those memories come all over again or you listen to those old songs that the songs that you used to listen to when you first got saved and you hear them and you just cry all over again. But that's what the Lord was doing here. He went back to the place where it all began, where his ministry began where God said who he was and where the Holy Spirit fell on his life. He went there and then he went to Lazarus and raised him from the dead. Then he was able to move in power. And Jesus can do anything. He can move in power whenever he wants. He could go like this with his pinky toe and we could all fall out. He could do whatever he wants, but he chose, he chose to go back. And that's to me is so beautiful about Jesus. We read, we read that passage and we don't even like let it sink in. Like, and that's what I was doing today. I was like, Lord, why did you go back? And you stayed a while. The Bible actually says you just stayed a while. 
I wonder, Lord, I, this is how I, when I read the Bible, I'm always like, I, Lord, show me your heart and that Holy Spirit revealed to me why that happened because Jesus didn't have to do that. He could just have gone straight to Lazarus, but he actually, he didn't go right away like the Bible says. So he went back to the place where the Father touched him and established who he was. And some of us need to go back to that place. Thank you, Jesus. David, keep playing. I like it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He didn't let the fear of death stop him from taking death captive. They wanted to kill him in Judea just a few days prior, but he didn't let that stop him. So you, you will get into such a place with the Father that nothing will stop you. Not death, nothing, nothing. Like hear me when I say this, not death. It won't, it won't stop you. You won't care. You won't care what's coming at you. You won't care about the arrows that fly by you or what, you won't even care. You'll just be so focused on Jesus. That will be the only thing that you're like, I just go when he tells me to go no matter what, no matter what. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to John 11, verse 23. This is when he, he goes there and he's talking to Mary and Martha. Jesus told her, he's talking to Martha here, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And this is the part that I love about Jesus. He looked at Martha and said, do you believe this, Martha? So he's about to perform one of the most amazing miracles, raising someone from the dead. And he looks at her and says, do you believe? Sometimes Jesus just wants us to tell him that we believe, that we have faith, that we trust him above all else. It's the vulnerability of Jesus right here, looking at Martha and saying, do you believe? He had just been mocked. He had just been ridiculed. He had just, he's in the same place where just days ago, they're trying to stone him and, and kill him for saying who he is. And now he's being so vulnerable and looks at, at a girl that just lost her brother and basically saying like, I will raise him, but do you believe, Martha? Do you believe? You know, you want to be that kind of friend to Jesus that you're like, I believe, Jesus. I believe. I've never doubted you. I've never given up on you, right? You know how you have those friends when all else fails, you go, you call those certain friends that have always believed in you and always told you it's going to be okay? That's what Jesus is doing here with Martha. He's like, but do you believe, Martha? Because he knows so many other people don't believe. They don't believe in what I say. They don't believe in who I am. So much so that I had to go back to where I was baptized and I had to just go back and stay connected to what the Father said about me. But do you believe, Martha? He's being vulnerable here with her. Do you believe? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. And then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. See, he didn't even go in yet. He stayed outside. He stayed where he could talk with Mary and Martha in that moment because Jesus could be vulnerable with them because they believed, they trusted. And this is the same Mary that 
poured the alabaster box on his feet, you know, that anointed him at Bethany, that he felt safe with him. So before he went in to perform that amazing miracle and raise Lazarus from the dead, he stands outside and they come to him and he's asking them, do you believe? I wanna show you another passage. Well, let's real quick, let's just go to John eleven forty. Thank you, Lord. And then they, they say they believe. And then he says to them, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe. You wanna see the glory of God? Believe. You want him to move on your behalf? Believe. You wanna see the dead raised? Do we all wanna see that one day? I do. I wanna, see, I wanna go lay hands on the dead and see them raised. I sure do. I have big faith, but I gotta believe. I gotta trust the Lord. I, I, once you believe in him, his glory will fall. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't need to read it, but I'll just reference it. You can go back, read, you should read some of the stuff on your own when, you know, like go back and just chew on some of the stuff because it's so beautiful. But in John 9, there was the guy that was born blind, you know, that passage where Jesus took the mud and spread it over his eyes and then told him to go to the pool and wash himself. And when he washed, he could see then, of course, the religious leaders came upset that he healed him on the Sabbath. And they refused to believe that the man had been born blind and could now see. So they brought his parents in. They're questioning them because they don't believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he healed the blind eyes. So this is all happening. You, you know the passage. They're going back and forth with the parents. They're afraid to say what happened because they don't want to get kicked out of the temple. But the religious is upset that this happened. And this is the part that I think is so beautiful. Again, this is what Jesus does. Verse 35, chapter 9, John when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the son of man? He went and found the man. Isn't that beautiful? Like, do you ever just think about that stuff when you read it? Like, here, this was all happening. He knew it was happening. He, he knew that people were questioning him. He knew that people were doubting him. He knew that the Pharisees were making fun of him and calling him devils and all kinds of stuff, saying they had devils. But so he... He goes and he actually waits to find the man that he just healed. It's not, the man didn't go running looking for him. He was waiting on the man. That shows the humility of Jesus. Our Jesus, how humble, how humble and beautiful his heart is. He goes and he finds the man. And the man answered, says, who is he, sir? I just want to go back again and read it one more time. When Jesus heard, verse 35, what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? He was wanting to reveal himself at this point. He's wanting to show who he was. He was just looking for someone that would believe. And the man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. We see him do this as well with the woman at the well. You know, he's just always looking. He's looking for the hungry hearts. He's looking for the childlike faith where he can just reveal who he is. He's looking because, because out there, there's the, there's the religious that think they know it all. And it's the people that think that, that they're so smart. And they sit there and they criticize him. He's looking for the hungry hearts, right? Like the woman at the well. She was, she was, he wasn't even supposed to be talking to her. 
But, but she moved his heart because she believed like a child. He, she, she saw in him something that other people weren't seeing. So the man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. He worshiped him. See, if you believe, you worship. You, that's, 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 show, that's posturing your heart to Jesus when you worship him. When you worship him. Then Jesus told him, I entered the world to render judgment and to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. I love that part. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? Listen to this part. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. See, he's not looking for those people that have it all figured out. He's not looking for the people that know the Bible from front to back and who can quote scripture and verse but don't have a relationship with Jesus, right? He's not looking for those that have said, I've seen it all, been there, done that. He's looking for hungry children, hungry hearts, hungry hearts that are just gazed at him. That's what he's after. That's what moves his heart. Faith moves the heart of Jesus. You, if you go throughout the Bible, you always see when he's, when he's about to heal someone, do you believe? Stretch out your hand. Go, go why, why mud in the eyes and go why wash yourself? It was an act of faith. The guy had to do something. Jesus met that and healed him. But yeah, Jesus is just wanting your love. I have no other way to say it. He's wanting you to stay connected to what he's called you to to stay connected to the Father, to stay in the light, right? We're gonna worship here a little bit more. So John, drink some water and have a cough drop. You were amazing tonight. But yeah, because this, this isn't about me. This is not about Michael. This is not about us gathering here. It's about you and Jesus. It's about you staying connected to him and so gazed on him I'll say it again, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm not just saying this to say it. I'm telling you the truth. It just doesn't matter. The things that are weighing you down today, you'll forget about in a few months. You'll probably forget about them tomorrow, to be honest with you, some of the stuff. So you have a choice. Am I going to stay focused on you, God, and what you've called me to or am I going to stay focused on all the stuff around me and let it pull me down? Right? He's drawing our heart to him. So yeah, Lord, we just love you. We thank you, Jesus, for your love. Holy Spirit, help us stay connected to the Father. Yeah, you just, just, just pray. Don't look at me. Just, just right now, just position your heart with Jesus. Stay connected to the Father, Lord. We want to stay connected to you, God, and what you've called us to be, God, what you've said that we are, God. It's your words that matter, God. It's what you speak over us that matters, God. Not what other people say, Lord, even if they're family members. It doesn't matter. It's what you say, God, that matters. It's what you've said over our life that matters, God. It's Holy Spirit. It's how you have descended upon our life. Those are the moments to hold on to, God. Those are the things that we have to hold on to, not the other stuff, not the distractions. 
pick up those keys a little bit, David. So I just thank you, God, that Holy Spirit, you're just renewing our minds right now. You're renewing the way that we think, God. Lord, that when, when bad days come and storms come, Lord, which we know they will, but we say focused on you that they don't even have an impact on us, God. They don't even have an impact, God. They don't take, they don't take a seat in our heart, God. So I just thank you, Jesus, that, that you're drawing us back to you, God. The simplicity of the gospel, God. The simplicity of the relationship we have with you, God. That we'll come hungry like little children. That we won't come like qualified adults, God. That we'll come like hungry little children, God, after you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. Draw our hearts back to you. Yeah, if you've become distracted and you've lost your vision, I would just ask that you ask the Lord just to sharpen your vision again. Yeah, God, sharpen our vision, God. Sharpen our vision. Let it be like tunnel vision, God, where we just see one thing. We see you, Jesus. That's all we see, that we just gaze upon you, God. And we're so caught up in who you are, God, that nothing else matters, God. Nothing else matters, God. Only you matter, Jesus. Let our hearts be like a Bethany for you, God. Thank you, Jesus. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.